how to be spiritually full. I don't know about you, but that dude shouldn't eat that chocolate cake right in front of us, should he? I mean, did, I mean, did, did anybody salivate just a little bit? Like, man, you wanted some of that. Well, this morning, I, I was just thinking about how important that was uh, to, to fill our hearts, to fill our desires. Uh, who controls those? Who, who do we center on? Uh, we know what it is to be depleted, exhausted. As sitting in the yard the other night with my, my oldest grandson, watching his little body not be you know, real responsive and chipper like he usually is, and having to have an IV earlier that day, I, I saw one depleted over there yesterday with Gloria, and you're seeing all these bags, and you're, you're seeing, as I talked to her a couple of days before that, very exhausted and drained, and then all of a sudden you're, you're seeing life just kind of come back into her, and it's a good place when you see your friends that you love coming back, and the church said, but you know, I think about us spiritually. We, we get depleted. We, we get exhausted. We, we don't have anything left. And, and, and what little we have seems like somebody takes it from us or, or a situation, a circumstance just hits us and we're like, man, we're out. So I thought today would be important to think about how do we, uh, make, how do we take steps to move toward being full? What are some actions? So I've kind of got seven actions here, I think, that might help us in our time. Uh, I've sent you out a reading this week, uh, an email about Lent. We're in the Lent season. We're not a liturgical church. You've probably figured that out. But I did have to study that in seminary, and, and I remember learning it for, you know, examination process, and I kind of put it out of my mind. But Lent is kind of a cool thing. It's, a, it's an anticipation, a preparation for Resurrection Sunday. The, earlier in the year, we call it Christmas. We call it Advent. We prepare for the coming of the Christ. Now we prepare for that glorious time, resurrection. So as you saw that little thing, it was about Lent, and, and we'll, get, we'll dive into that as we get a little farther into this message. But if you have a copy of the Scriptures, turn your Bibles over to Ephesians. Can, can you turn over there with me? And in Ephesians, it'd really be Ephesians chapter 3. And starting there, it would be verses 14 through 21. But I'm going to zero right in on the text. I mean, I want you to look at the context, the, the fullness of what the Apostle Paul is speaking to us there as, as he just unleashes about his prayer for spiritual growth there for the people of Ephesus. For the people at Ryan Road this morning, he, he would be uh, sharing with us. But in verse 19, it's, it's right there. L listen to this. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. And then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life in the power that comes from God. I, I love that verse. Just circle it or, 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 or highlight it there in your Bible if you've got a copy with you. Verse 19. And we want to zero in on that. And, and, and there's a simple message truth that spiritual fullness is not simply an invitation, listen, to do more. You see, I've been a Christian a long time, 41 years, and I've certainly been accused and have, have bought into that, I need to do more. But I found out a long time ago, my value is placed and is secured in the worth of Jesus, in his finished work on the cross. I can't do enough to earn right standing with God, and somehow we get in this mindset, if I just do more, God will like me more. Has anybody ever done that before? If I just do enough good things, God's going to like me. And some of you are like, I'm exhausted. I've been doing good things and God don't like me. Well, he does. Matter of fact, God loves you. And, and you just can't, but, but when we buy into that mindset, if I just do more. So here's what happens. We get tired. We get exhausted. And, we, and somebody says, you need to do more. You need to do more. You need to buck up, Bubba, and do more. 
And somehow that just makes you even more irritable and tireder where Christ might be calling you to rest in Him. He's always calling you and me to draw near to Him. When people sense that they're getting toward the emptiness, they've just kind of worn out over the long haul, there's been a great point of suffering, there's been this great bout of illness, there's just been something coming against them, they're just tired. And I pray that our church would be an oasis for the tired people. Not that we would stay tired, that we would rise up in the strength that Jesus gives us. That we can offer strength and encouragement to others. But when we come in tired from the storms of life, this is a safe place. I was going through in some white space that I'll talk about later yesterday. I spent about an hour, just an extra hour in prayer and the Word. I just wanted to carve out just one more hour yesterday on top of hospital visits and study for today. But I just said, God, I, my, my soul longs, my soul desires, my, my soul craves for you, God. I need you to fill me up. And so I said, God, what can I read? What can I read? I, I love Scripture. And he took me to the Psalms. And I love, how many of you love reading the Psalms when you're tired and you don't know what to do? You just go there and you find company with David and the psalmist there. So whenever my church asks me to do more, it might be a time that you need to do more, but other times like, well, right now I, I, I'm weary, I, I'm exhausted, I, I, I need a little break, I need, I need a little rest. See, busyness is not always the thing you need. When you and I get busy, it's real noisy. And see, a lot of times we bought into the fact that if I can just be busy, then I, I might be effective. And, and that's probably a lie. I mean, I, I know that I've bought into that. But God, I think this morning he would say, I want you to be spiritually full, and I want you to draw near to me. And I want you to create some space for me to fill that space with myself. So busyness is not always the thing that you need. It's that time. It, it, it's over in the gospel. It's Mary and Martha. And that's, I, I love preaching on that, but just the, the fact is, Martha... Man, she's a busy woman. She's cooking. She's slaying in the kitchen. She's cleaning the house. She's prepared the food. She's fried the chicken. Man, she's doing it. Her sister's just over there being sorry. Just not doing anything, she thought. But Jesus said, hey, she did the most important. She was preparing her heart. She was worshiping. She wanted to spend time with Jesus. And I'm not saying that you're saying, next time your mama or next time your wife or your husband says, do something, saying, I'm being spiritual. Now, hey, you'll be calling me for marriage counseling, okay, after she hits you or you hit her. No, you better not hit her, but if she hits you. you know, here's the thing. You, you, you know, you've you got to do it all in, in, in perspective and in, in balance, but there's a time to rest and there's a time to work, and the church said. But the thing is, in our world, we're so quick, prone to run to the busyness, thinking that'll, that'll give me worth. Uh, that's where I need to be. But what I love about Mary she soaked up the presence of Jesus. Just That's a little freebie, just right in there. Have I soaked up the presence of Jesus this week? This morning, I, I love worship. This worship team, man, they're, they're good. They're anointed. And they make me, they help me enter into the presence of God. Also, on my computer and other places, I listen to a lot of worship music. And last night as I was preparing for today, it just, it just fills my house. It just fills the temple. It just fills my soul. It just helps me get ready to meet God and to draw near. But here's what I'd say to you. Check your gauge. I, I just put a crazy gas can on there, and you're going to see a little... I, I love this image that Drew created later. I, I love that. It just has that sense of something being filled up. And, and when you get in the car, let me ask you, how many of you are in the habit 
of looking at your gas gauge. Yeah, the rest of you walk sometimes, don't you? I mean, you just, you, you just want to look. You just want to get a perspective and go, and, and hey, how many of you, you're busy, you're busy. Yeah, you ain't got time to get gas. And I got one of them little things in my car. It tells me how many miles I got till I'm walking. And I, I don't push it to the limit. I, I, used to, I used to really be good about pushing things to the limit. I've, I've gotten a lot better, but every, every once in a while, it'll get a little, and, and, and it'll get down, and one day it said, 32. I said, but I'm busy. It said 22. It said 12. It said 6. I have you know. It said 2. I turned into the gas pump. And as I pumped gas, I gave gratitude to God. I was just before walking. I know you'd have ridden by that. Look at that fool. I knew he was a fool. Look at him. He's walking. And you, bye, Pastor. See you next Sunday. Some of you would. I'm curious. How many of you would have stopped and helped me? Not all of you. I remember one day, I used to have this red convertible, and I was coming down Ryan Road one day, and the transmission line went out. As I turned on the Ryan Road, this celestial, pa- oh, this celestial road, I turned down a Ryan Road, and the transmission line went out, and the car, bloop, and I, went, I put up to the side. And I thought, man, I didn't want to leave my car down there. So I got out, and I pushed my car from the corner of Ryan Road to this place. I had church members ride by and go, hey, pastor. That wasn't helping me none. I wanted you to push. And I got right, I got 100 yards from the drive, and somebody stopped and said, could I help you? I had an attitude. I said, no, I got it now. Don't worry about it. Wasn't their fault. Church members, I excommunicated them right then. I said, man, what is wrong with this? This is horrible. Here, here's what I want you to know. We want to be spiritually full. We, we want to look at our gauge. Maybe there's a time that we need to have more personal Bible study. There's, there's always time for that. We always need to make time for that. Maybe we need to continue to sit under biblical preaching and teaching and, and you do that. Maybe we need to dialogue with biblically-based authors that we love to read and we have an insatiable desire to read and study. Man, there's a place for that. Maybe it's in discussion and small group or Bible study with other believers and they push me and they stimulate me and they spur me on to spiritual growth. That's a way to get full. That's good. But you've noticed something, that you've got low fuel. Now, let's look quickly on this. What drains us? Let's look at the first one. Disobedience. When you and I disobey the commands, the precepts, the ways of God, when we're disobedient, the the spiritual life just runs out of us. It's depleted. A second one is spiritual neglect. When you and I neglect our soul, when we neglect our spiritual disciplines, we don't grow, we don't foster health, we're just in a mess. Third, bad relationships. Oh man, that's a message. You get in a bad, you got a bad relationship with somebody you're dating, and God's already told you you don't need to be dating that person. Or maybe it's just a, a wrong group of friends, and bad company corrupts character, says Corinthians. And you're saying, man, I need to change some relationships. This isn't healthy for my soul. Fourth, unresolved issues. There's just issues that are cluttering around in there, and they're just draining life out of you, and their soul is empty. And the fifth one is just an unbalanced life. I'm, I'm so far over here. And there's no middle ground. There's no help. There's, there's no balance to run toward. So God's calling us to a balanced life as a believer. But what I want to do is I want to help us in our time together, seven actions to be in full. How, how pastor, how can I be full? How can I, how can I get stronger? How can I get healthier? Now, you're, you're going to laugh at when I first say this. I heard this concept years ago, and then I was doing study, and I heard it again. I went, man, 
That, that's it. And, and people need to hear this. And some of you, now, I, I want you to hear this in the context of what I say, all I say today. See, some of you are going to walk out here and go, man, that was a great message. I'm doing that. First point, see, right now, I don't even want to tell you the first point. Because some of you are going to go, that's all I want. And if you stop at the first point, you're going to neglect your spiritual health. But it could help. So let me go ahead and get to it. Number one, stop thinking so big and start thinking small. Start thinking small. See, sometimes like, man, what do I need to do? I need to sign up for a university course. I need to sign up for a seminary course online. I need to go through some heavy-duty Bible study discipline. And, and you might need to do that. And those are good, and those are awesome. But small, listen, small is big when you give it to Jesus. How many believe that principle? Little is much when I place it in the hands of of the Almighty. Let me give you a couple of scriptures here. Matthew 17, 20. Jesus told him, I tell you the truth, if you had faith, even as small as a little mustard seed, nothing would be impossible. So Jesus was in the small stuff, small beginnings, small mustard seeds. Look at Luke 16, 10. If you're faithful in little things, then he will uh then you'll be faithful in the large. Maybe if you're faithful in the small, God will entrust the larger to you. So God likes this little, this small component. And then Matthew 10, 42. If you even give a cup of cold water to the one of the least of my followers, then surely, surely you'll be rewarded. Surely that'll be a good thing if you just offer a cup, of, a little small cup. Seems almost insignificant, but to that person it's a lot. Uh, last Sunday morning, Don and I were in Auburn, Alabama. We had a day off and appreciate Chap preaching and proclaiming. I listened to that on Monday. It's a good word. But last Sunday morning, we were with one of my former youth. For many years ago, I was his youth pastor, and he's a senior pastor of Cornerstone. And one of our former elders, Robbie and Melissa Taylor, were there. I got to fellowship with them. It was a great day. But in their church, it was a sad day. They had, there in East Alabama, right down the road from Beauregard, right there about where you sit, Kyle. I believe his name was Lee. Lee sat right there in the first service. They have two services. And he sat right there every Sunday. He had, he'd come to radical faith. He'd had a hard life, and he was a biker. I'm not saying bikers have hard lives, but he, well, anyway, and, uh, he, he, he always sat on the front row. The other day in the tornado, he lost his life. His fiance lost her life. Another kid was severely injured. Another kid was killed. It, it was horrific. They had a service there at that church just a few days before we'd gotten there. 90 bikers showed up. They showed me a video of it. It was powerful. Made me think about when we had Biker Sunday out here. But this guy had a phenomenal faith. And, and we were worshiping with this community. And they'd all been affected. And they'd been over there with Samaritan's Purse and the Red Cross and different agencies. And they were giving and they were serving. And they were making contact. And they were offering cold water and bandages and money and diapers and gift cards. And they were, they were on the ground, man, making a difference. Matter of fact, if you haven't heard, I'm, I'm an Auburn fan. Have I ever told you? And, and so in the hotel I was at, they had this thing. And... I just got excited about it. I, I, I just want you to look. The Auburn coaching staff, men and women, remarks that they had made about the thing. And look at, look at Coach Pearl. Maybe that's why he won yesterday. I don't know. Coach Pearl, I, I can't make this up. You can come up here and look and validate it. On his shirt, somebody gave him a shirt. It had one word, pray. I knew I liked Coach Pearl. That's an anointed man. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, all right. No, but the, here's a point. That community has been greatly affected, and we know we've been praying. Maybe we've given, but we, we want to make a difference. 
small things small little gifts are, are present chuck is inviting us to the next storm we're, we're going to go down if you look in your worship guide day there's an opportunity for you to sign up for a september mission trip down in the mexico beach you, you remember see here's the thing about today something's huge today but then three weeks from now we forget about it and then we're on to the next deal but the people in Mexico Beach, they forgot about it, okay? The Panhandle, they hadn't forgot about it in parts. They're still affected. The people in East Alabama, it'll be some time they'll be rebuilding. And so maybe we'll have a team over there at some time too. But Lord, help us to be faithful. But here's the concept I want you to tell. Sometimes we just need to eat little small bite sizes. We just need little small things. We just need to, we need to nibble. How many of you like to, to nibble? Well, I do. Just, just a little nibble. You don't, you don't, want, a, you don't want a big meal you just you just want to nibble there's only one thing i found out i can't nibble on potato chips you know i used to eat whole bags of potato chips and now i i, I just go glory to god you know or, or donna buys me the smallest bags they've got of stuff and i pour it out of my plate go but i told y'all that's how I, i've stayed this way it's portion and i look at it and my first thought is pitiful and then i go portion and i go blessed is the lord and i enjoy it so, but there's something else, uh, maybe, uh, you ever tried to eat a few M&Ms? Just a few. And, and I'm learning to do that. It, it's hard, but here, so, so you nibble. But here's, here's a concept I want you to hear. Spiritually nibbling. Sometimes there's a time where you just get in, you go all out, pursue big Bible studies. But sometimes you just, you just need to spiritually nibble throughout the day. You just need to have a New Testament. You just need to have a Bible. You just need to have an app on your phone. You just need to nibble throughout the day to get some spiritual nourishment to get full in the church said. How many of you can do a little nibbling? That'll preach. You can take a picture of that. Okay. All right, here you go. No, I'm teasing. So, so I won't, I'm going to talk about cat commercials. All right, let's, let's keep going. All right, I'm going to get in trouble. Look, look, look at the second one. Create memorable connecting triggers. I, I like this point. You, you, you want to be full spiritually? You need to have triggers in, in your life. Jesus took some bread and he gave thanks and he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body given for you. It's a communion table. We're going to do communion this morning and this will be a, a trigger. It's a trigger for us to draw near. It's a trigger for us to get clean. It's a trigger to ask Christ to fill us up. It's a trigger to ask us to confess our sin that he might cleanse us and fill us with righteousness. God, do that for us. Lord, we want you. But as I was preparing this message, I thought about triggers. What triggers you and I to get full? What triggers you and I to pray? So I enlisted some of my friends across the country. And listen to what some of them said. R write these down. These, these are not going to come up on the screen. I think they're good. God dots. Little dot labels you purchase at Staples. You place them on your watch, your mirror, your steering wheel, your computer, your uh, appliances. They're color-coded to prompt specific prayer for specific people. That could be one way just to kind of help you get full. A good friend of mine in Oklahoma, a pastor there, he goes, Keith, what I do is I set several clocks in my house on different international time zones, and it clues me and triggers me to pray for missionaries around the world. He's a big mission kind of guy. I love it. Another friend of mine uh, that I discipled when he was in high school, he's a, he's a major chaplain in the United States Air Force out in California. I love this guy. And uh, his wife, his family worshiped with us when he was in Korea one time here for a year. But he, oh my goodness, I asked him for some help and he sent me 18 points. But I'm not going to share all of them with you. But here's just a few of them. I thought this was good. Before sending an important email, I lay my hand 
on the monitor and I say a prayer. I went, that's pretty good. And then he said one that got my heart. He goes, those prayer boards that I send out on Thursdays, if you want to be added to that, just let me know. I'd be glad to send it to you every Thursday pretty much. I do that. He goes, uh, as soon as I get it, I stop whatever I'm doing and I pray. I go, man, I love you. you. I already loved you, but now you're awesome. He goes, before I enter church, when I touch the, touch the, I touch the church door, I pray for the service that's going to happen behind those doors. Just, just think. Listen to this. A good friend of mine, a pastor in our city, Bill Thompson over at uh, Grace Presbyterian, he goes, I, I like photographs. He goes, I, I like to collect missionary cards and cards and pictures of people. And when I see them, it triggers me to pray and it fills my soul. It fills my spirit. I like that. Another good friend of mine in, in Arkansas, he says, when I put groceries in the car, that's a sign for me to give thanks to God for the abundance that he's provided for me. I thought that was pretty good. He goes, uh, when I'm headed to bed, right before I go to bed, it's an opportunity to trigger me. God, I want to be full and I want to be grateful. God, I want to thank you for the rest that I'm about to enjoy. And then you'll love this one, a guy named Anthony Reimer. He, he came here years ago. Came to know Christ in a radical way while he's here. Now he's a, a pastor up in New Jersey, and he was at the Shakespeare. He was getting his master's degree. I, I love this guy. And so I, I asked him, he goes, man, I just smartphone reminders. I said, all these reminders on my phone to trigger me to pray and to be full in my spirit. And then he gave me one that we can't identify with. I, I put my phone or my book away when I'm on the train or the bus, and I watch people and I pray for them. Well, thank God we don't ride trains in Montgomery and subways. How many are grateful for that? But if you are on the bus, it'd be a good thing. But the, the bottom line is you, you, you just want to stop. You just want to pray. You, you want to say, God, fill up that place. And then uh, my nephew that's a state trooper, he says, man, what I do is I, I, I just pray all the time in my car. When I get in my car, when I step out of my car, he said the first thing I do is when I arrive up on an accident or whatever, I start praying for the peace of Christ, for the healing of Christ. I, I, I love it. It's just awesome. But let, here, here's another one real quick. A couple more. Red light. How, how many of you stop at red lights? Okay. Jimmy's watching. I just want you to know that. Okay. He's our drummer and he works for MPD. Okay. Red. When, when, when you see the red light, it might be, you know, that's the time to say, God, thank you for the prayers that you've said no to. Those are hard. And then yellow. When the light turns yellow, I know you're thinking, hurry. But no, that's not it. You're thinking, Lord, I want to wait. Lord, teach me to wait on you. Lord, fill me up. Lord, teach me to wait and be fuller of you. And then the green. The green might be a signal just to say, God, thank you for the answered prayers in my life. Just as you're riding down the road. And here's the last one. When, when you ride up and there's a car next to you and they got rims bigger than life. Look at the center of the rim and go, Christ, Jesus, would you be the center of my life? Would you align me with you? Would you fill my life with your presence? And the church said, Aren't those some just practical little things? You know, just some spiritual nibbling, just some, some triggers. But let's go to the third one, because we, we, we want to keep moving here today. I think this is important, because we, uh, as, as I get ready to launch the third one, I just want you to know this. Sometimes we just have to learn to be quiet and slow down and turn down the noise, right? Okay, I've totally lost my place. This has not happened in a long time. Don't worry about it because I'm freaking out right now. Anybody, anybody want to pray for pastor? That ain't helping me either. Uh, because there's, there, no, I, I, know where, I know where we're going. Thank you for that. But there was something I wanted to say, and it's not coming out, so maybe I'm not supposed to say it today. Okay, here it is. All right, here, I, I, will, I will meddle with this. In being full, 
you and I have to learn to be quiet and turn down the volume in our life, the noise, the, the distractions. Yes, it might be that blessed demonic device called my cell phone. Sometimes you just need to turn it off. You need to, need to lay it down. It's just not always healthy for us. Maybe it's turning off the TV. And say, so, God, I, I want to still wait. I promise you, everybody in this room has some time that we could create more space for Jesus. And so I encourage you. And then in the car, I, I love to listen to music. I, I spend a lot of time on my phone uh, talking to folks. But I've also learned over the years, but there's times where I just get in the car and there's a prompting of the Holy Spirit, and I know what it is. As soon as I get in the car, turn everything off now. And that usually means the Father wants to speak to me. He wants to quiet me down. He wants to turn my RPMs down. How many of you need to hear that word this morning? Some of you are like, no, I'm a young mom and don't nothing turn nothing down unless they're doing this. I know, I understand. And then you're like giving glory to God. All right, so make a connection. Uh, I, I, I want to write down this one thing before I go to the third point because it's a, the third point is going to be stop. Create pauses in your day when you stop to refuel. But I want to give you a song uh, we, I don't know that we'll do it here, but uh, I love it. We've got so many songs we're doing for Easter and other things. But this is an older song by Selah, which I love, and it's called More of You. It's a song that's been ministering to my soul for the last three or four years. And uh, yesterday I must have listened to it four or five times. And last night I listened to it right before I went to bed. I need to hear it. But, but listen to this. Holy Spirit, fill us with your fire. Give us your desire. Hold us close to you. Holy Spirit, give us revelation, healing visitation. Nothing else will do. We want more and more and more of you. Aren't those some great lyrics? And that's what I pray, that this message today will somehow inspire, motivate, convict, challenge you, uh, educate you, help you get tools to be in full to want more of Christ Jesus. That's the only reason I do what I do. Is I want you to know Christ better, more intimately than you've ever known Him. He is the high prize of heaven. Jesus is the pearl of great price. Would you agree with me, church? And He's the one I want you to know. Not know about Him, and that's good. Just to know Him. And to know his ways. And, and sometimes we just have to ask lots of questions. And the other thing is we just have to stop and refuel and ask for a rest. You know, so I, I preached on the Sabbath rest. It's the principle of God. And God has been very clear about that. Write down Genesis 2-3 about resting in the Lord. That there are certain seasons in life that require more rest than others. And you know that. Maybe you're in one. Maybe you're going into that season. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest matthew eleven twenty eight. 28 i love that so the world wears you and me down and christ might be saying but i want you to run to me i want you to run to rest i want you to find my presence your your fuel light is on think about this the next time your fuel light comes on somebody will say pastor my fuel lights never come on well then you're better than the rest of us you just go ahead and be a uh, a hypocrite okay no all right, all right. But if you've ever had, how many, I, I just want to know, how many of you have had your fuel level light come on? Raise your hand. Yeah. See, I even get prideful about it because I work hard not to have it come on because it used to come on all the time. And every once in a while, it comes on. And guess who's always in the car with me when it comes on? I mean, I really do. I stop it. And Rachel will tell you, man, Dad works hard at this. 
But if Donna gets in the car, invariably, about every fifth time she gets in the car, my lights will come on. And she'll just look over there and smile at me. That's all she's got to say. And I go, guilty. Messed up. Okay. I know y'all, y'all always love, love laughing at me. I don't know what's so funny about me. Okay. So here's what I'd say about being full. If you're not full, if you're empty, emptiness brings trouble in the gas tank physically emptiness in the soul brings trouble emptiness me equals no peace when i'm empty i forfeit the peace of christ christ wants me and you to have more all right the third there it is stop create pauses in your day the the verse is very simple psalm 46 verse 10 be still and know that i am god and i will be honored by every nation and i will be honored throughout the world but Lord, first of all, I've got to slow down. I've got to quiet myself. And I want to just draw near to you, Jesus. I want you to come. And I want you to have your way. I want to slow down. I want to be patient. I want to pay attention. I want to listen. Yes, here it is. Lord Jesus, I want to be fully present. I want to be present. Because that's where you are. So do you sense his presence this morning? Do you sense his presence? And when you sense his presence, pay attention. When you hear those promptings, when those promptings are in your heart. In John 10, 27, Jesus says, My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. But we're sheep of his pasture as children of God. And we listen to the voice of him. Hebrews 12, 25 is another great verse. Number four, release the things of the past. I was meeting with a guy this, thing, this week, and he has this one situation that just continues to try to eat his lunch. And I've been meditating a lot on Romans 8, 1 through 4. And therefore, those that are in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation for those in Christ. And I began to minister that word over him. And I told him to begin to chew on that. He has written me almost daily saying, you do not know what your prescription to me has done for my soul this week. And I give glory to Jesus. Amen? See, this word is a prescription for your soul to be healthy and to be full. How many believe that, church? Bring your Bibles, mark them up, read them, study them, reflect, meditate, chew. God, I want more of you. And, but if we don't release the things of the past, we grow uh, and we hold on to it. We seem to have amnesia. We get stuck. We tend to get nostalgic. <laughs> I don't know what it is. We, something happens. But I think about this verse. The people were grumbling in the Old Testament. And God told Joshua this. I want you to hear it. Moses is dead. He's dead. He ain't coming back. He's dead. He's with me. So guys, sometimes you've got to just let go of the past. You've got to leave it in the rearview mirror. And you've got to press on to fully know Christ. It's the Apostle Paul in the third chapter of Philippians, the 13th through the 14th verse. Know, dear brothers and sisters, not that I have achieved, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past, looking forward to that which lies ahead. I press on to do what? To reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling me, calling us. We press on. How many of you want to press on this morning in Christ Jesus? And you want to press forward to the prize, the high prize of Christ. How many want to do that today? That's what you want to do. You want to be spiritually full. You, you can't just hang out in the past. 
I'm not saying that you don't remember the past. If you remember the past, maybe you won't repeat the mistake. I mean, there's good. We, we read ancient texts. We read about men and women of old and, and good things they did, victorious, and then sin patterns, and we want to learn, but we don't want to live and camp out there. We want to move on with Christ. You, we just need fuel for our spiritual fire. All right, let me, let me give you this one, the fifth one. Refuel through prayer. I kind of really gave you a, a big thing there about uh, a prayer focus. All these little triggers are ways to, to pray more, to go after uh, the heart of God, to, to love Jesus. In Luke 5, 16, but Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. I, I've told you that before, but over and over I see Jesus running away away from all these masses and these crowds jesus rabboni touch us heal us teach us lead us come to my house i mean man i mean I, god was exhausted but he was god but he chose to take on a human body for 33 years and so he physically got tired the bible says that jesus wept i mean jesus ate jesus had fellowship jesus had joy Jesus experiences what we experience. That way he can sympathize with us in our weakness. Are you grateful for that kind of Savior this morning? I am. But he had to withdraw. He had to go and make it a priority to be with his Father. And when he came back, he was always ready for the mission. So if you and I don't withdraw to be with the Father, we miss the mission that maybe Christ has got for us. And let me just give you this. Write this down. This is bonus. What to pray when you don't know what to pray? Let me give you two things today. The Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is 60 words. It's not a very long prayer. It's a pattern for prayer. But when you don't know what to pray, pray the Lord's Prayer and then begin to think about what you're praying and let God do something deep in your heart. And the other things are Paul's epistle prayers. And there's many of those in the epistles of Paul. And you just begin to pray through that. We refuel. In Psalm 23, 1 through 3, listen quickly. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in the green pasture. He leads me beside the quiet waters. I love this. He refreshes my soul that's what i pray this morning is that christ will refresh you and me with his presence and that we'll learn to be full in him six fill your mind with the scripture i could give you verse after verse psalm 107 9 for he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things psalm 107 9 let me hear of your unfailing love each morning for i am trusting you show me where to walk for I give myself to you. You know, if you want to be full, you've got to present yourself to Christ continually. Jesus, I offer myself. I position myself in your presence. Lord, I give myself. Fill me with yourself. Lord, I want you. I want to meditate on you. I want to chew on your word. I want to know more of you. And then seventh and the last one, allow Jesus to fill the white spaces. In your worship, God, this morning, there was a, uh, there, there's a little uh, little white space. Anybody see it? Open your worship guide. See that white space? Somebody like, yeah, I want to know what you forgot to put in there. Nothing. This right here is a great place. You could put a cross in there. You could put an empty chair. If you're an artist, you could draw yourself. But I ask you to create margin, white space, as we met as the elders the other night, and Dave and Chap 
were sharing about this and we came into agreement we said man this is what our church needs for lent this is what our church needs in preparation of the easter celebration god create margin in our life let us have white space and in the white space we invite you jesus to come and to fill that space with your presence with yourself with your holy spirit and the church said i'm gonna do that and maybe you haven't uh, listened or you haven't done what i'd asked you to do in the writing earlier and what david challenged on last weekend but i ask you now today create some white space in your life it's just important and here's the last quote brother lawrence i, I, I practicing the presence of christ is a great read there is not in the world a kind of life more sweet and delightful than that of a continual conversation with god those who can comprehend it practice it and experience how i pray that together we experience the presence of jesus and that we as a church and individually will yearn to be full of him come holy spirit and fill the empty places of our lives help us to create white spaces for your glory honor your name 